everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I, as always, am your host, Eric Bertzloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades, joined by my co-hosts, Nathan and Dan. Dan is back. What's up, Nathan? What's up, Eric? Eric, um, I, I like to start the show by saying we started this pod a couple of years ago, and since then, I think you and Dan have had a combined three kids. So uh, wh- who's in the pool? Who will have a, a, a kid next? Dan, his fourth kid? Eric, his second kid? Or Nathan, his first kid? Where, where, where would the smart money be there? Um, I would. I would, I think the smart money would be, I don't know, man. I had first kid. I'm going to vote me. And I don't think it's going to be Dan. I think you stand a better chance having another kid before Dan does. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this is this so. thing is this thing on? <laughs> oh, Dan's hey, here, guys! I'm here. I'm back. I made it. Uh, and yeah, there will be no more children uh, in in this house, at least that are mine. Um, that's uh, that's not going to be a possibility uh, pretty soon. Here, I'm going to get that that appointment scheduled. But uh, yeah, we're 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 back. We've got a, a beautiful little girl at home now, just sitting on the other side of this wall, who's inevitably going to scream mid-show but thankfully she's not quite that loud yet so we should be good all right well that's the perfect time to remind the listeners that this episode is brought to you by the ffpc that's my ffpc.com um all right well let's go ahead and introduce our guest and uh that is travis may of uh of dynasty league football of the dynasty life podcast last word on pro football and travis you are one of the distinct honored guests that I have not mispronounced their name. <laughs> wow. I am impressed that you can pronounce the month of May. That's, that's, and Travis. that's something. No, no, don't yeah, I know short, Travis. Man. Oh man. Uh, two names. Can right. you pronounce my middle name though? It's Ross. I give you, I gave you a hint. So if you, all you got to do is repeat what I'm saying. That's like, that's like nine first names. I know. <laughs> well, May I'm is the first name. Yeah. That's right. You don't know, any, you don't know anybody named May? No. <laughs> I don't either. I know in April, but not in May. <laughs> I know in autumn. Does that count? You know, down down south, it's like a middle name. Like my wife, everyone, you know, she says, "Oh yeah, my name's Kelsey May." It's like, "Oh yeah, what's your last name?" It's like, "No, no." <laughs> oh well, no, M A E is a name. Yeah, M A Y. Well, it's like that uh that that uh, scene in in the original Ted movies where they're like guessing white trash <laughs> names and they're just battle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it's it. Hard. Hard great trash. That's how we start the show. There we go. Uh, Welcome. You can just go by. Dude. You can just go by Trailer Travis at this point. Trailer Travis. This is. Uh, Thanks for coming my, on, though. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, change my name on Twitter real quick. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if I have to be the if I have to be the lizard, if I have to be the FF Salamander, you can be Trailer Travis. Okay. Deal. <laughs> okay uh well let's really quickly do the rundown and uh, uh then we'll we'll get into the show here so uh today we're going to be talking about um about winners and losers on teams currently from the nfl draft uh so players that uh dynasty impact value was uh was went up after the draft um some surprises in there as well and ones that went down also some surprises in there um and then we'll wrap with a game of match that trade a new game brought to you by nathan powell nathan powell made it up about 20 minutes ago so it should be fun not uh, trademark yet so feel free to steal it yeah <laughs> i'm sure someone will uh so uh i guess <laughs> before we get into the show uh, I do want to remind everybody you're listening to the Dynasty Tradecast brought to you by Rotoviz, and I want to let everybody know you can get a listeners only 30% discount to the to the Rotoviz NFL Pass through the 
NFL podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com slash podcast. Uh, your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our NFL content, and it also supports the pod. And you can contact us via email. It's rotovizradio at gmail.com or slide into those Twitter DMs at rotovizradio. Uh, and Rotoviz Radio and its fantastic collection of podcasts are also now available on both Blog Talk Radio and iTunes. You can find us along with the rest of the Rotoviz radio shows under Rotoviz Radio. Uh, and we also have our own individual feed for this show. So if you want to listen to this show only, which it would be fine by us, uh, simply search the Dynasty Tradecast, a Rotoviz fantasy football podcast. Uh, on anywhere you look for podcasts, that's Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, or your favorite podcast app. Just click subscribe and uh, and then you know leave us a rating and review and enjoy the rest of the show. Okay. So um, Let's go ahead and dive into uh, to Dynasty Winners and Losers, the 2018 edition. Um, and let's just go ahead and open with, uh, I think, a pretty big surprise, and that's the Packers' backfield. Uh, the Packers didn't add any running backs, I don't think. Um, and uh, and that leaves Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and uh, Ty Montgomery kind of uh, in the driver's seat for somebody taking over that role. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a shock that they didn't invest in running back. I feel like it was one of the situations where – they were either going to invest early on in a you know a first or second round pick at running back, or they were just going to not do it at all because the last thing they need is to invest another mid round pick, which be <laughs> you know more of a cluttered mess with these you know guys who are you know they're they're good players but they haven't really proven it on the NFL field and they're not like none of these guys are going to turn into fantasy RB ones or, or guys that you can rely on year in and year out. I think they're all pretty meh type guys, but and from a short term perspective, it's all about just finding which one of them is going to get the most carries, which one is going to get the most touches. And um, for me, I, I think right now um, that's Aaron Jones. So, I mean, he's the winner of the three, but I, I still think it's a bit of a mess. It's just less of a mess than it would have been if an, a rookie had entered. I don't know if it's, if it's necessarily all Aaron Jones. I, I think, I think what they were doing last year, even though everybody seemed to be hurt at a different time yeah. um, and Ty Montgomery wasn't the Ty Montgomery that we saw. I think, I think they all are going to have their place. They're all going to have their role. I think we see Ty Montgomery maybe move back towards a more of a wide receiver role. I know that they'd like him in that running back role, but I think it's going to be it's going to be Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams dominating the touches out of the backfield. I think we might see uh, Williams in more of that that early that, that two down role or or just kind of the you know the inside attack and including uh, pass pro which. Aaron Jones got a lot better at last year, so I think they're more comfortable keeping him on the field more often. Um, but I think he's definitely the more explosive of the two. He's a better pass catcher of the two. So I, I think I think they're going to probably just go into the season with a three-headed monster and and honestly thrive with it because they've got three actually good running backs here, uh, which hurts for fantasy value. But in the sense, these guys were all winners because they didn't have another body added to it. So I still think it's a muddy situation, like Nathan said. But at the same time, all of these guys are going to have their relevancy. They're going to have their big weeks. I think they're all pretty solid best ball assets. It just depends on where you can get them and what their price tag is. Dan, that's a very liberal use of the word uh, three-headed monster, just letting you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that I'm back, we are, again, a three-headed monster. Plus, Travis is here. Yeah, so so I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Kind of. Uh, Any thoughts there, Travis? Yeah, for sure. I think if you look at it, just Aaron Jones is clearly the most efficient running back in that backfield. It was kind of gross trying to watch, uh, you know, the ugly efficiency early on in the season that Timo was putting on display. I mean, they really they, they acted like, okay, prove it. This is your job, and he really 
didn't do that. He, uh, you know, found the end zone some, but he didn't exactly blow it up in terms of efficiency. His yards per carry was below four. And he, like, I think for a couple of weeks, there was like around two or three. It was really rough. Uh, Jamal Williams did okay, I guess. He kind of caught some passes. and But I think the, the most explosive uh, balanced playmaker is, is Aaron Jones on that team. Uh, I liked him a lot better than Jamal Williams, even though he was drafted later. Uh, I think the small school tag kind of allowed that to happen. But uh, I think he's going to earn that role, and he's going to stick, and he's going to be the guy to own him. He might be used more than we think uh, out, of, out of this trio for sure. What are and I don't I I can't help uh, but agree with pretty much everything you guys are saying about Jones kind of being the the guy to watch here. What valuation are we putting on these players? Um, since I assume each one of them has a semblance of dynasty value, well, I don't think any of them are worth more than a second, uh, maybe even a mid second. What are the valuations you put on? Uh, let's just go in order of Jones, Williams, Ty Montgomery. What valuations are you putting on each player in a in like a, just a regular league? Yeah, I mean, I, I this is one of those situations where I don't find myself investing in any of the guys because I'm, I'm so confused of where it ends up. But just to put up the draft pick value, I'd say mid-second for Jones, early third for Jamal Williams. And I really don't have much interest in Montgomery. I guess I would do like a late third. But I, I, I think we've seen like his peak, and I don't think he's really ever going to get back to that point. Yeah, I, I'd say that's probably pretty close. I think I might be a little bit more optimistic with Jones. I, I think just knowing what the hit rates are of second-round picks – I'm not too excited about many second round picks most years. So maybe an early, early second with Aaron Jones, but yeah, Jamal Williams, definitely late two, early three that I, you know, in a perfect world, you you could maybe get that. And then Ty Montgomery, it really depends on your league, but yeah, late, late third seems about right because he seems like a dart throw at, at best. Now, if you sold him when his valuation was a late first, when he was oh, yeah. doing mediocre work there in the backfield, Kudos to you. Hat is off. Uh, Dan, any thoughts there? Or are we good to move on to the next player? I'm in a similar spot. I think late late second, I, I'm in that zone for both Jones and Williams just because I do think it's a it's a legit timeshare. And then Montgomery is probably completely off my radar unless I can just get him as a throw-in in, in a trade. Um, maybe like a fourth round type value, which I don't think anyone's going to be moving on from him just because of what could potentially be. But yeah, I, I think we're all in the same ballpark here. Yep, I tend to agree. All right, let's talk about the player who I, when we were talking about the topic, said uh, this show could be called the Alex Collins show uh, (laughs) because that is a man who did not get in the competition either um, and looks to be slotted in for a bell cow role. Um, I guess there's a couple players in that backfield who are interesting for grabbing grabbing carries, but but it seems like he's ready to go. So um, they picked up a new quarterback, picked up a couple wide receivers, picked up like nine tight ends in the draft. So that's great. Uh, but no running back. So what, what what are we making of that? And what are you making of Alex Collins value? Uh, Dan, I'll throw to you first. Well, I think Mel Kuyper is really excited about Lamar Jackson getting to be their running back here pretty soon since he can't play quarterback. Um, and they drafted a ton of wide receivers, so he's not going to switch to that. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I was never the biggest fan of Alex Collins, but obviously they have some faith in him. Um, because they didn't address it at all. I thought maybe he'd be a landing spot for CJ Anderson, who we'll talk about later, um, potentially DeMarco Murray yet, but I figured if they were going to go out and sign him, it would have happened already. Um, I think if Kenneth Dixon can somehow get healthy, he might play a role in all of this. My baby's crying right now. I'm not sure if you can hear her. We um, 
<laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's tough to it's tough to naysay Alex Collins because he put up good numbers and they they didn't change anything there. So I think I think we got to move him up a little bit. That that hurts to say. It really does. Why does it hurt to say? I mean, just because everybody in the community was pretty low on him and anticipating somebody taking that spot. It's one of those things where it's like you wait on a running back and you wait on a running back. But even coming out, I didn't like him and, and people were overdrafting him, it seemed. And then he didn't hit in in Seattle and, and just it didn't wasn't working out. And then all of a sudden last year it was like, hey, I'm here and I'm finally relevant. I just <laughs> waiting on running back hurts. So it, it could just be a, a me thing here. All right. F- fair enough. Travis, any thoughts? Yeah, I think he's just a different player than he was coming out of college. Like, I, if you look at his college tape, tape, it was it's really hard to find a single jump cut, like any agility whatsoever. He would, you know, kind of plant and misdirect a little bit, but he just never showed the, the same agility and footwork. Uh, apparently, you need to, uh, you know, take up some uh, what was like Irish something kind of dancing. I don't even know what he does. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Though he 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 basically does a very obscure type of dancing to work on his footwork. So um, it's a little weird, but apparently it worked because he looks lighter, faster, uh, just like a completely different player. So it's I, I like Irish dance, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. But I, he just um, like a river dance. Yeah, like exactly. But I don't know. I, I added him just as a throw in late down the season last year in the, in the playoffs or right before the playoffs, because, you know, it was just, consensus okay this is cool he's going to be replaced next spring though i'm not competitive i might as well ship him for nothing and it actually helped me compete in the playoffs and i almost won because of alex collins a little bit down down there so i don't know i I think he could definitely stick buck allen is not going anywhere i think he's the receiving back there kenneth dixon i hope can do something but i don't own him anywhere in dynasty so uh i'm okay with him not doing anything as well but (laughs) i don't know this is Dixon, yeah. I think Dixon, I think is an interesting, just speculative ad if he's like sitting yeah. under waiver wire, which he might be. Yeah, um, that's and, and maybe everybody's sleeping too much on the on the core they currently have. But um, yeah, I agree. I mean, what what valuation are we, are we putting on Collins? I mean, does he creep into that late first round now valuation um, now that he's pretty much slotted as a bell cow? I I wouldn't go that far quite yet. I I, I think that. We need to see some sort of production, and I mean, and by the time by the time this happens, it might be too late. But um, I need to see some sort of production in 2018. You know, signs that he's not going to get supplanted by Kenneth Dixon or Buck Allen might not take some work from him. For for me to invest a, a late first in this type of asset, I need to know okay, this guy is for real. This guy is not going to get supplanted anytime soon. But that's the risk I run by saying that Alex Collins is a sell all offseason because I project the Ravens to draft a running back and then they don't. So. You know, sometimes you get it right with that. Sometimes eggs on your face. So I got my face there. With with the depth of this class, I think I think if someone gets a little bit of rookie, rookie fever and you have an early second or even a mid second, if their guy is still there, you might be able to swap that that second for Alex Collins if you're competing. Um, yeah. And that would make uh, that move would make a lot of sense to me if if somebody that you love isn't there. But even then, if it helps you compete now. You need running backs in the in you know in that window when you're when you are competing. You can't you know you can't stash running backs. That's not a that's not a good move to make. But I think he's in line to, to produce. So I think I would I would make that move at an early to mid second. Um, and and I think you probably get your money's worth there. 
All right, um, let's go ahead and move on to our next player on the list. And uh, this is a man who needs no introduction to Nathan Powell. Um, and that is our good friend, Kenyon Drake. Uh, friend of the show, I assume, Nathan? Is that, uh, is that right? Oh, what's up, Kenyon? Uh, you know, he, he listens. He's a huge listener. Um, Kenyon, if you want to throw, throw us some seed money, we'll take it. Um, all right. <laughs> fair uh, fair enough. All right, Kenyon. Um, Kenyon Drake, uh, my good friend. Um, where are we going with this? Uh, I don't know. I don't Dolphin, know. Dolphins didn't draft a running back. Um, and we kind of, I kind of thought that this would, I mean, this is one of the situations didn't, where I didn't, didn't think. Draft, didn't they draft a yeah, Ballard? Sure. Kalen Ballard. <laughs> Ballard. Oh, Ballard. See, I so, mispronounced so, his name. Like I said, they didn't draft a running back. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, maybe he should be on this list. Some people, people like Ballard. I don't think Kalen Ballard is very good. So I, I do think that. Uh, Drake is a draft winner. Um, I, I think that Gore isn't much of a threat in the short term. I mean, or in long term either, because Gore's going to retire soon. Um, so Drake is a guy that I project as a low end RB two, high end RB three. And if anyone is coming in saying, "Oh, well, Kalen Balaj is going to take tackles," I mean, take tackles, take take carries from him, uh, I'll gladly buy Drake on that on that idea. Yeah, I mean. I, I I like your optimism, but I mean they did draft a running back in the fourth. But he's round. but he's not good though. So right, he's, also, but, he, he's a really good receiver. I'll give him that. But he he's not he's not super great between the tackles. I think I think Kenyon has most of that work locked in. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Balage as uh, apparently it's pronounced. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> Ballage. <laughs> Ballage. <laughs> Ballage. I'm going back to Ballage. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him catch a good number of passes, even though he was, what was it? Fourth round. Um, you yeah, know, fourth round, end of the fourth kind of uh, here, whatever. Give, give me, give me Drake. Uh, congrats to Nathan for calling this one way far out. Uh, he was trading last off season, all of the second round picks <laughs> to get Kenyon Drake in every league. I I'm in with Nathan, which is like six. Um, it's impressive. It's, that's a we, good we, win. Basically, if we give him crap on this here podcast for any anybody he's putting on his teams, they basically are a lock to blow up. So, yep. Tyree, Tyree Kill, Kill Kenyon yeah. Drake. Drake, light it up, man. Pouring out for the homies. All right. Uh, so, Travis, maybe are you a fan of Ballage Balage? Uh, are, are you worried about uh, Kenyon Drake? <laughs> Bellagio. Let's call him Bellagio. So, I mean, if, if Bellage just takes advantage of his athleticism and figures out how to uh, make plays beyond just once he gets a full head of steam – if he figures it out, uh, he's he's going to be scary for Drake owners for sure. But uh, you know, I, I'm a believer in his athleticism and his his ability to catch passes at a massive size. And I mean, he's a lot of fun. But he only had one play. Like he's supposed to be this explosive monster, right? He runs like a four four six at like 230 pounds. But I, I look back at his entire 2017 season, and he only eclipsed 20 or more yards on a play one time. And for somebody who's supposed to be this explosive playmaker, you know, blowing up the, you know, the box score, he just didn't ever do that. He wasn't even the best running back on his own team a lot of times. And that's pretty sad because his teammate went undrafted. So I, I don't know. He, he definitely has some holes in his profile. Um, he just needs to figure it out if the right coaching staff, which it doesn't look like that's the case, can figure out how to use him. That's that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, I think he's. You know, he could take some PPR value away because he's best in space. So if they toss it to him in the flat, he'll crush somebody. Um, but in, in terms of inside the tackles, he didn't ever show he really, really could do that, which is sad for a guy his size. So, yeah, I think it's Drake first and then maybe a 1B situation at best early on for, for Balazs. So I'll ask the proverbial question I've been asking 
every single time it gets back to me. Um, where does this put Drake's valuation? I mean, is it, and Nathan, I'll let you go first here. Is it a late first or am I getting carried away? I mean, I, I think that it's a situation where if you're looking to target a running back, I would take Drake over every running back after uh, Royce Freeman's off the board. So I think that's like six or seven running backs that they're would go ahead of them. Um, and then after that, I'm fine taking Drake over all of them. So it's one of the situations where he's, he's kind of stuck in that bubble of worth less than a first, more than a second type of thing where I, basically I'd wait until Royce is off the board. And if I want to running back, that's who I'd be targeting. Yeah. I'd take him after carry on as well. But after carry on Johnson, there is a massive, massive, massive drop in yep. the running back position this year. So if you're like, ah, I just missed my last running back I was even interested in. Yeah, I think the early, early second, very end of the first, somebody would be willing to, uh, you know, that that's the range where I would I would try to get a Drake instead of, a, you know, maybe a, an Anthony Miller or something like that who maybe lacks – Upside, youth? Uh, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah. He lacks youth. <laughs> and that, that's not even really a concern with me because, yeah, he took a weird trek to get where he is. So it's not really yeah. – yeah. All right. Let's move on um, and let's talk about a player who was a winner until – well, I just found out about an hour ago, but a winner until uh, until this evening, and that was uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um for those that didn't hear like myself a couple hours ago, they just uh, acquired. It was, it was now, it was four days ago for the people who are listening to the show, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> breaking <laughs> news. We're breaking news on this here podcast. Uh, CJ Anderson to the Panthers. So <laughs> yeah, I guess this is going to be a week later. Early. That's a valid point, Nathan. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not going to break news to anybody. CJ Anderson goes to the Panthers um, and it dings McCaffrey's value a little bit. Um, so, um, is he? I guess I'll just start with: Is he still a winner? I know that people had him really, really high. I heard people talking about him being like their RB seven in their in their overall dynasty rankings. Um, does that move the needle for you? And as far as like actually ranking him in your dynasty rankings, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with RB seven ranking for Christian McCaffrey. I think he's easily a top ten dynasty back. And when the Panthers. Uh, didn't draft a running back. They showed they have some faith in him being a workhorse and then took some, some of that faith away by signing Anderson. But I, I do still think that they see him as a guy who can, you know, get 200 plus carries and, you know, get 70, 80 targets. And I may, they, I, see, I see them bringing in Anderson as purely a change of pace type back. Someone who's just, I mean, McCaffrey's not going to get 400 touches as a running back. That's just not going to happen. So, I mean, it, it, there's got to be someone to lessen the workload. He didn't really have anyone behind him because uh, they cut Jonathan Stewart. So, I mean, I don't see Anderson as more of a threat than any other RB2 in the NFL. I think that's fair. I think I think Anderson gets a decent number of touches, but at the same time, and I know, I know we're calling McCaffrey a winner here. Uh, there's still a couple of things I'm struggling with. They got DJ Moore. They still have Curtis Samuel, assuming he can get healthy. Greg Olson's going to be back, and you have Devin Funches. So I don't see... Uh, even reasonably a way where McCaffrey's getting a big share of targets and a big share of catches just because of what's surrounding him now. And, and especially the way cam plays and he's inaccurate at best. <laughs> Let's go with that. Um, and I know that helped him a little bit last year, but at the same time, 
it's there's a lot of a lot of bodies that need to be fed there. And I think if anything, McCaffrey's gonna get more carries out of this and maybe less work in the passing game, which seems like the wrong move because he's most dangerous getting the ball in space, catching those passes. I'm not saying he can't run between the tackles. He's just I would probably say that CJ Anderson's better between the tackles than Christian McCaffrey, which is probably a hot take. I just he's not he's not a every down thumper. He's not like Nathan said, he's not a 400 touch guy. I don't think he's a 300 touch guy. Um it's it's going to it's going to be a weird place for a little while. Maybe once Greg Olson retires, maybe once they move on from Funches, we'll see what DJ Moore is. We'll see if Curtis Samuel's ever healthy. There's just a lot of moving parts. So I don't know that I'm ready to call him a winner. Um but that's that's me maybe maybe being a little bit pessimistic on Christian McCaffrey. I just think he works best as as a receiver getting limited touches in the backfield where he can break one off here and there. So does yeah. does the Anderson signing make him even more of a winner then in your eyes? i don't think i don't think it changes much after the after the more pick the more pick honestly moved him down for me i was i was thinking they were going to get more of of you know the bigger profile guy more of someone like funches i don't but obviously they believe in funches so now they get someone that compliments him very well plus you throw olsen in the middle and it's just there's there's not a ton of space to do more i i hope he gets more carries because he is fun to watch with the ball i just i don't know yeah i i I think it'd be really hard for him to be the team's like lead target again. I don't know. I get like 113 targets last year, which is pretty awesome for a, a running back. Right. Uh, I, I don't see him, you know, as a lock for 80 receptions either, but he, I mean, he didn't even actually have 200 total touches last year. He was just did a lot with him and actually found the end zone some as a receiver. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I think I, I agree. He probably gets a little bit more, carries uh jonathan stewart actually almost had 200 carries last year which is kind of crazy to think but uh i think christian mccaffrey probably settles around 150 ish carries and maybe just had yeah sees that dip in the receiving game just a tad but yeah he's still a solid option at the running back position uh, i never thought he was going to be a year in year out running back one through six type just because of who he is and what he does uh but i think he's He's pretty safe. And uh, if you can get him at a discount, I definitely do that right now for sure. I mean, the 102 for McCaffrey in this draft class, pretty, we're, we're all on board with that, right? Lock, yeah. Mm, unless it's, unless no. it's super flex. Yeah, no, not super flex, I'm, but. I'd rather, have, I'd, ra- I'd rather have McCaffrey than guys. Yeah, I would too. See, I'd, uh, I'd rather have Barkley. I'd rather have guys. I'd rather have Penny and then McCaffrey only because of landing spots. That's because you're a hater. <laughs> I, I honestly, I was, I was thoroughly impressed with, with how well he played last year. Um, he was underwhelming between the tackles, but that's what I expected. That's the kind of, that's the player he is. And, and I just, I don't see a way CJ Anderson gets almost 200 carries like Jonathan Stewart did. I think they oh, have no. <laughs> the split. We have to remember that Cam Newton is still most likely the RB one there. He's going to get all those red zone carries. He's going to because he can call his own number anytime. All right, let's move on to uh, to another pretty hot player on Twitter, and that is Jarek McKinnon. Um, uh, the 49ers did not pick up a running back, and uh, it looks like McKinnon slotted to be the essential workhorse in that backfield. Um, so I, I guess I'll open this time with what's his valuation and what's your what what are you guys doing with McKinnon uh, if you own him anywhere? See, for me, this is the more expensive version of Alex Collins, where I was just saying. Oh, his value will dip, his value will dip, his value will dip. 
except for now I'm kind of like, well, now I need to go buy some McKinnon. <laughs> I, I feel like they, they gave him that huge contract. I should have bought in then. But now that they haven't invested in, in the draft uh, at the position, uh, McKinnon, he's going to be nasty. He's going to be in a young, explosive offense being the RB1. So I think, you know, being a top 6 to 12 running back is well within his range of outcomes. So I'm all in on McKinnon after kind of be, being more on the fade side pre-draft. I'm so proud of you, Nathan. You're 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 smart. You're smarter than you look. If, if we're being completely honest here, um, do I look stupid? <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Um, <laughs> no, you look lovely. Uh, I think it's well known that I'm a McKinnon guy. He he's grown over the years. Coming out, he's just a freak of an athlete. Um, you know those those numbers are absolutely off the charts and then he kind of grew into his own i mean i don't know if people really honestly realize that he played quarterback uh for georgia southern up until i think his senior year when he switched to to running back um and and now we're finally seeing him figure out the position we saw him do things last year that we didn't get to see yet you know we we saw the one year where adrian peterson was out and everybody was like oh he should thrive and then he didn't because he was still learning how to play running back and then last year we saw him running through people. We saw him running over people. We saw him hitting holes that weren't really there. We saw him do pretty much everything we needed him to. We knew he could catch the ball. We knew he was great in space. Last year we saw him actually perform as a running back. So now we get him with probably one of the best offensive minds in the NFL with uh, Kyle Shanahan. You have a top-end quarterback, and you have a team filling in around him. They still probably have a, a little bit of work to do at, um, at receiver, but that's a good football team and they have a lot of strong assets and McKinnon's one of those. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to take it, you know, take the bull by the horns and just kind of go crazy this year. I don't know, uh, long-term the outlook, how, how plentiful it is. But I think, I think in the two year window here, if you're, if you're winning, I think you can comfortably give up top six to eight running back value because again, running back is such a short-term window unless you're talking about like a Frank Gore or a Shady McCoy. And, you know, I, I don't know how many of those guys exist right now in the league. We, we still have a bunch of guys on their rookie contract. So it's kind of hard to value the long-term outlook in running back aside from your elites like Ezekiel Elliott and Todd Gurley, um, David Johnson, you know, that outside of that, you know, Jarek McKinnon's right up there with him just because of the freak athlete he is and the offense that he's on. Yeah, I, I can't say that I, uh, I'm i all about the hype there. I think, obviously, he did pretty well last year, and he looks like he's got a really expensive contract that's hard to get rid of right away. Yeah. Uh, but if you look closer, it, he actually can get you know tossed pretty quickly if he's not performing. Uh, so I don't know. With Dynasty, um, I don't know. It's, it's not as safe as I feel like a lot of people uh, are trying to paint it to be um if you look at it anytime he's gotten volume he has not really taken advantage obviously everyone's you know efficiency is going to disappear on a large large sample but he he basically doesn't even average four yards per carry when he's the lead back and obviously that's not everything but um he's not exactly you know a beast for somebody who has to who has the athleticism that he does uh he doesn't actually um He's not the guy that I think everyone's propping him up to be. I, I would not touch him for top six, seven, eight prices uh, for running backs at all, uh, just because the contract scares me. Uh, I think the 49ers offense as a whole just kind of feels like a trap heading into year two. Uh, I think it, it looks great on paper, but uh, it's just overinflated the price where I'm just not even remotely interested in trying to acquire 
uh, Jarrett McKinnon. But, you know, he's probably going to do okay this year. He's going to get the volume. It's kind of it's like Omar Miller's been on RB2 for the past 47 years. Um, but, you know, that's not what he was supposed to be fact. when he went to – yeah, fact. Uh, so he, that's not what he was supposed to be when it went to the Texans. He was supposed to be this amazing thing, but he lost deficiency when he got the volume. And so I think that's really what we're going to see with Jarek McKinnon. And that's okay. It's like he's probably going to be a top 18 back for sure. Top 15 back probably. Top 10 back, I don't think so. But, you know, I, that's just – that's my take. So, sorry. Debbie Downer. Right. I, I guess valuation wise, then I mean Travis, I think you're you're probably the lowest on him out of the group. Then what it was, I mean, where are you putting him in the in the draft? Are you like the 107 for McKinnon, or is that still even too high for you? Uh I'd probably say the one. Let's see here, 105 ish. Wait, you'd give the 105 for McKinnon? Uh somewhere. Somewhere around there. Well, I mean, but you're, I think higher, I, you're higher on him than I am. Or I'm just I don't know. It's, it's kind of close. It's probably it's probably lower than that, I think. But I, it, yeah. I'm just trying to think, going down my list of my rankings. and Yeah, I, I gave the 108 for him in a league. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's 107. Actually, I gave the 108 in a league. Which... Maybe, it's, maybe it's 107, yeah. Probably yeah. 107. I mean, I, I think 107, 108 is fine. Anything higher. And I get a little like, eh, I'd rather have Penny and Chubb, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just, yeah, long-term upside, I like it a lot. Um, I'm assuming you disagree, Dan. No, I, I was actually uh, I was getting ready to kick Travis from the chat until he came in with that 105, and then even stayed oh. in the window and went to 107. Um, yeah. I'm I'm totally on board with that. I, I actually have him right next to McCaffrey um, in that probably like 104 ish, 105 ish range, uh, which is higher I think than everyone else here. But um, you know, I just don't I, value. I, I, I don't know. Sorry, I just don't value picks as much as almost right. anyone either. So I just assume half the running backs we're talking about are are still going to bust. And so I, you know, that that's my thing. <laughs> Hit rates matter. Hit rates matter. Um, yeah, I, I just I think I think uh, sky's the limit, especially for 2018. If he if he can't handle the volume, then we missed, and and that's part of the game, I and mean, we miss every year. Uh, so somebody's got to be the scapegoat. Hopefully, it's not the goat, uh, Jarrett McKinnon. But um, <laughs> we okay. uh, we shall see. I'm looking forward to it, though. He is fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, if he if he pans out to be even I don't know seventy percent of what he's being hyped to be right now, it'll be a fun it'll be a fun season to watch him. Seventy percent uh, of his hype is exactly Devonta Freeman, so that's kind of what I see. All right, I mean that's that sounds <laughs> fine. Sounds fun. All right, so before we get into the dynasty losers, uh, let's pause for a second and tell you guys about the our sponsor who is uh, is sponsoring for yet another week uh, the fantastic dynasty tradecast. So uh, we're thankful to them, um, and uh, so let me tell you about them. Uh, fantasy football players championship is the home of season long high stakes fantasy football. Uh, for most people, it's the off season, but not for the FFPC, not for the tradecast. If you're ready to draft now, the FFPC. Best ball leagues are drafting daily with entry fees starting at just $35, and they have slow and live drafts. If you like Dynasty, and again, we know you do because you're here, uh, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going all the way up to $2,500. And here's something incredible. Not a single Dynasty league has folded in eight years. New Dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching right after the NFL draft. So don't miss the FFPC experience. Go to myffpc.com. And register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. All right, let's get into the losers now. 
Um, and Nathan, I'll let you kind of open this one for me. All right. Uh, our first uh, loser or group of losers is going to be the Patriots backfield. Uh, they invested a first round pick into Sony Michelle out of Georgia. And a lot of the people's first reaction to this is, oh, it's a backfield that's crowded or it's a backfield that never has a workhorse. And oftentimes when that is the case, it's because they just haven't invested the high draft capital or haven't gotten a very good running back. I mean, Rex Burkhead and Deion Lewis and all these guys, are, they're, they're just fine, but they aren't guys that you'd be taking in the first round of the NFL draft. And Sonny Michelle apparently is that guy for the Patriots. So I'm – I am kind of all out on the non-Michelle uh, running backs in the Patriots backfield. And I'm not saying I'm necessarily all in on Michelle because I, I think I have some worries about the knee even after the high draft capital. Um, but With the fake knee story that the Patriots spread just so they could pick him? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'll still worry about it because I'm an idiot. So, uh, <laughs> But anyways, I'm, I, I think that Michelle is the workhorse in that backfield and uh, the high draft capital proves that, so. Well, what does it do for Jeremy Hill's value? That's really the question. He's, get, he, he's, going, he's going to get cut. He gone. <laughs> Worst football player in the history of football right there, Jeremy Hill. <laughs> uh, then th- to think he was going in the first round of Dynasty Startups at some point. Eric, you are the worst at remembering past ADP. Jeremy Hill was never a first-round startup pick. Shut up. I, oh, he was close. Don't, don't, don't uh, he was this. definitely in the second round at one point. He was very close. That he is that is not that outlandish. I promise you. I promise you. He was never in the first. Ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, I actually wrestled with this pretty significantly because I my initial reaction was exactly the one uh, the one described there, where it's like, oh, it's just such a hot mess. I just don't want to fuss with it, which is just just PTSD and trauma from the years of trying to guess which running back in that backfield is going to be actually doing work. This one actually interests me, and, and the amount of capital that they put into. Michelle, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like, maybe the the shark plays the swerve into this kind of like chaotic feeling, much like I think the shark plays the swerve into a lot of the Brown skill players. Uh, that it's kind of that same idea of like, it, it's been kind of like beaten into us over the years not to do, not to play Patriots running backs. But I think, I think Michelle's nice. I actually, Michelle is starting to creep into my mind as being like the 102 over guys to me. I think it's like a discussion. Oof! Yikes. Opportunity. Well, yeah, opportunity to be you have your soul crushed with a Belichick grinder. Maybe. Um, that, Maybe. I mean, if he, if he fumbles, then that'll be yeah, bye bye, Felicia. <laughs> He's cut. We'll He's see cut. you never. Um, yeah, this this uh, like you is something I've I've struggled with because Sony was a guy that I absolutely loved. I love everything I've seen on tape. I, I you know I love the profile, the the knee thing doesn't really really bother me I, I, like you i thought it was up. maybe i may, i thought it was maybe something like oh yep just to get him to fall down the board um and it's weird that that the patriots would use draft capital on a running back and it was also weird when they extended and paid james white so i just don't know what to think about this whole situation all i know is i'm glad jeremy hill's gonna get cut um I think Burkhead's still going to have a little bit of relevance there just because of uh, he was pretty successful last year. I, I think I think he's got I think he's got a little bit of work there, but man, I, I don't see how they don't feed Sony Michelle, but I'm yeah. so leery of ever using a Patriots running back that any of my shares of any of them will probably only be in best ball leagues. 
Jeremy Hill. I still have several shares of him. <laughs> still? Oh, yeah. man, that's loyalty. That's, that's a deep that's roster, loyalty. boys. Deep roster. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think the last time the Patriots took a running back first round was Lawrence Maroney, I think. And uh, yes. we talked about that on the Dynasty Life uh, podcast this past week. And uh, Lawrence, Maroney, Lawrence Maroney had zero starts that year. Uh, because a 32-year-old Corey Dillon was still on the roster. <laughs> and apparently that was too much. Uh, the draft capital didn't speak loud oh, enough. No. And so uh, he never really materialized into anything, if you guys remember that much. I mean, he had like I think that one year he, he fell into the end zone a lot. I, I was like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm sure Eric will say that he had a third-round startup ADP at some point. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just – Sorry, ADP capital, doesn't go back that long, sir. <laughs> yeah, the draft capital speaks – to an extent, but obviously if you look at who they plug and play, it doesn't mean a ton or it hasn't in recent memory. Yeah, they like him, but I mean, even in a perfect world, I mean, Deion Lewis had 180 carries just shy of, I think, 900 yards or something like that. He caught some passes, but he didn't catch the most passes on the Patriots. So I think even if they just hand him the keys and just say, hey, you're our lead-ish guy, we're probably still looking at far fewer than 200 carries and definitely not 1,000 yards on the ground. So, uh, I mean, uh, that doesn't sound like, oh, my gosh, one on one point oh two type conversation. I mean, I think there's an argument for running backs two through seven. But uh, to me, it's not not really close uh, just because I don't think they're about to change their entire philosophy. Having James Washington, not James Washington. Well, James White and Rex, <laughs> Rex Grossman are still around and still able to contribute. Rex Grossman. Not yeah, yeah. See, I'm on fire right now. Yeah, Rex Grossman <laughs> is about to come back. Sexy Rex. Yeah, you heard it here first. Breaking Rex news. Burkhead, Burkhead, that guy. But uh, but also Rex Grossman and Jeremy Hill. Not no no not really at all. But <laughs> hey, oh, could you imagine those two on the same team? I, oh my I, gosh, I, in the same backfield at the same time. <laughs> I have I have breaking news, Nathan. I have I've went and dug it up. Jeremy Hill never did crack the first round. But he went at six, no, seventeen overall in September of two thousand fifteen. Oh, jeez, those that's poor people. Gross. That, yeah, it's not that far off, man. That's pretty close. <laughs> that, yeah, that's pretty much, uh, yeah, winner. Uh, you guys right, don't play right. in seventeen team leagues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was first <laughs> round. That's exactly right. Thank you, Travis. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to our next loser, and I'll start off. In the arms of the angel. What in the Far name? away. Oh, no. What is this? Why are, why are my two sad puppies show up? You two can save a Cleveland Browns wide receiver. Dan, I Corey think you're, Co- I think Corey you're Coleman. Crying. Corey Coleman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's not looking pretty right now. <laughs> I'm not sure what's happening. That's the no. joke of all trade casts. Travis, <laughs> underneath Nathan talking, saying, Dan, I, I think your baby's crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, my dumb like, I don't hear it. Wait a minute. I get it. <laughs> oh, man. Subtle, and I love it. Welcome back again, <laughs> Travis. This is but fun. You interrupted my joke. Uh, <laughs> come on. In the eyes of an angel, we too can save a brown. Continue, Nathan. You want me to do it uh, in the background? Nathan McLaughlin over here. So yeah, um, Corey, I'm very sad because I, I I own Corey Coleman in every single dynasty league, so it's not a good day for me. All right, Eric, shut up. <laughs> oh man, what a segment! 
<laughs> Go ahead, Nathan. They added Jarvis Landry. They still have Josh Gordon on the team, who looks like he's done with drugs, probably. Um, oh yeah, and, I'm sure one season off. Yeah, it's definitely for sure. And then, and then they uh, they, I mean, some would say would reach. They definitely took Antonio Callaway higher than what most people expected him to go when he went in the fourth round. So I think that shows that they have confidence that a he's going to stay on the straight and narrow, and b that he's that talented. So uh, Corey Coleman. With the Landry trade, I was like, okay, he probably needs a second team. With the Antonio Callaway drafting, Corey Coleman definitely needs a second team for any dice to R.I.P. Um, man, I like Coleman, too, mostly because Nathan liked him. And I just kind of like hopped hopped on the bandwagon with Nathan. Yeah, the, the Callaway thing is, is really what threw it. I, I still had some faith that he would get some work, but you throw in all those skill players, and there is not going to be any space for Corey Coleman. Um, not that I'm thinking Antonio Callaway is going to be catching, you know, like 60 balls or anything like that. But yeah, the the draft capital speaks volumes for me with that. And, and you know, hopefully Josh Gordon returns to what he was. We know what Jarvis Landry is. They still have Duke Johnson. They have Nick Chubb. It's it's um it's kind of a cluster, but it hopefully is going to work out for them because I'd like to see them actually succeed. Um, yeah, uh, Tyrod Taylor rip. Um, just that was. Not yet, not yet, I bet. I mean, I think Tyrod's got some value. Um, and and long term, I'll say not the entire year, but he's he's gonna at least get you some points and in a super flex league, there's a nice upside there. And then he's good enough to potentially be traded before the trade deadline. He's good enough to to get interest from other teams and have dynasty relevance outside of just this season. So do I think he stays with the Browns? No, I do not. But do I think he finds a starting spot next year? Yes. So Maybe a sneaky play to buy Tyrod cheap once he loses his job to, to Mayfield, which will definitely happen this year. And all right. Speaking of guys that uh, are not done with drugs, Antonio Callaway. So, <laughs> I, I mean, like he, I mean, I, that that's probably a little harsh, but I mean, he at least had a diluted sample. Uh, he drank a lot of water, guys. Yeah, that's that's why he. Uh, he failed his his test at the uh, the combine, but I don't know. He has more baggage than I think we're giving him credit for. And I think another bronze wide receiver that was a fourth rounder guy. What was it? What was his name? Rashard Higgins, or maybe it was Ricardo no, it's, Lewis. It's Ricardo, Ricardo Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, oh my gosh. And there was less competition there. I don't know. The draft capital doesn't really scream value. Anytime somebody makes it to, makes it to day three, it's like, eh, we kind of like the guy. If he's there, okay, that's cool. But I don't know. Fourth round's not crazy, so I don't know. It's well, just. But- but when he's projected by Medic, the fact that he goes in the fourth round does mean something. Yeah, it, I, I agree. It doesn't with you, mean Nathan. nothing. <laughs> I, I think I think it matters. I think it, I think it it does actually matter that they they like him and they're going to give him a legitimate shot to 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 get after their starting lineup. Maybe Callaway and Gordon can go into business together and sell like shitty cars or something. That seems <laughs> that seems like it might be it might be up their alley. Like dancing next to chickens, like uh, <laughs> marijuana and car sales. This might be our most off the rail show in a while. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm back. We're having fun. Yeah, no, we're good. Uh, uh, so uh, I, I pretty much agree with Eric that this is not Tyrod's last starting job. Um, Travis, you can wrap us up. Is this Tyrod Taylor's last starting job? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's my. Analysis. Oh man, take take yeah, city. Yeah. I disagree with our guest. I thought they were taking Darnold, man. I honestly yeah, like, did. I thought it was going to be a. I thought it was going to be a full season Tyrod, maybe a little bit of 2019, and then hand the keys over 
And then they went and switched it and took the actual good quarterback in this draft. And now I'm all out on Tyrod, at least for now. Um, he, I, I mean, do you really want to stash a backup quarterback that doesn't have a job yet? Not really. I don't know, man. AJ McCarron's been on my team. Mike Glennon's <laughs> been on my team before. So I've, I'm the king of stashing <laughs> guys who don't have starting jobs and blow it when they get it. Yeah, but at least Tyrod's <laughs> better than those guys. <laughs> the Bills don't think so. Oh, man. All right. Uh, okay. Well, um, I think that wraps up our losers here since we're going a little bit long. Uh, I'm getting the curtain from Nathan here. So let's go ahead and dive into our segment uh, or our game for the day. And that is uh, Match That Trade. And that's uh, the game show where um, where we're going we're gonna to say a trade and uh, guess who made that trade and which side of the trade we were on. Nathan? Am I going to be the host of this game? Is that how it's going to work? You're the host of Match That Trade, Nathan. Oh, here we go. Match That Trade. Here we go. We're going to start us off today with this fantastic trade. Uh, Here we go. Uh, The first (laughs) trade. Door number two. Door number one says, Cortland Sutton, Sonny Michelle, Justin Watson, a 2019 second, a 2019 third, for Amari Cooper and Braxton Berrios. So the nuts and bolts, Cortland Sutton, Sony Michelle, a second for Mari Cooper. Travis, who made that trade and which who side was it? Made that trade. I'm gonna go with Dan with the candlestick. <laughs> in the library? In the <laughs> library. And he was hanging out with Mari Cooper in the library. See, the problem there is I would never spend any time in a library. Um, <laughs> I would probably make that trade, but I unfortunately did not. Oh, wow. All right. Well, Who's I know it's guy? not me, so I'm going to say Nathan made the trade, um, and he acquired a bunch of rookies and rookie picks for his Amari Cooper share because he's Nathan. You'd be correct, Eric. For <laughs> <laughs> and listen, oh. listen, guys, I it's – it's my problem. I had a team that had like <laughs> 10 wide receiver ones and no running backs. Actually, I had uh, Dalvin Cook and Fournette, so I had some running backs. But it was a best ball team, needed some more running back help. And so I was like, you know what, let's, let's, let's dip into this a little bit. And so that's why I made the deal. I'm, I'm ashamed as a wide receiver truther to have made this trade, but I feel like it has helped my team in, in the short term at least, so. And let's let's just uh, the the, the crucial part of this trade. So I took Braxton Berrios ahead of Justin Watson. And then two picks later, Justin Watson got picked. And I'm like, crap, I than Braxton Berrios. (laughs) And um, I like, I actually like the deal for you, Nathan. I think it's that diversifies Cooper as an asset. And if Cooper doesn't bounce back, which he probably will, but uh, um, it it could be a home run for you if Michelle uh, or Sutton, completely break out for sure all right next on on match that trade match that trade match that trade the trade is this is a super flex league um travis that's a league where you can start one quarterback and (laughs) and, and you you can start another quarterback in case what in case you didn't know (laughs) what what is this madness your mind might How be. How long has this been going on? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the trade is the 108 and Demarius Thomas 
in exchange for the 102, also known as Baker Mayfield. Wow. Hmm. Also known as Baker Mayfield. I, I mean, that sh- probably should be the pick. And, and then that actually has been the 1.02 in a couple of super flex drafts that uh, turns out I actually play. And I, I, I didn't just find out about those kinds of leagues what? just 20 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I would actually probably say uh, Baker Mayfield. I think all, all the good quarterbacks in my super flex drafts have been dropping uh, pretty quickly with the exception of maybe one of Lamar Jackson or Sam Darnold, maybe. Uh, but uh, I don't know if you, I don't know who you're going to get at 1.08. That means that maybe the running backs drop to you. Uh, but as far as quarterback Travis. values go, in <laughs> you're supposed to guess who made the trade. Shoot. You're analyzing the trade. You're allowed to analyze it. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to like shape it. Okay, He's I, it I, his head. but I'm just saying. I think the guy who would. I think that's. I think that is a a dynasty trades type trade, and I think it was Mr. Burtzlaff. Yeah, but which side is mine? That's and you are going for Baker Mayfield. All right, he saw it on Twitter today. Cheating. Oh, did I? <laughs> no, I didn't. You got it exactly right. That is me, and it is Baker Mayfield all day, who I then traded for a heap of things, including Sam Darnold. Heap of that. garbage. I guess so. Apparently, I lose the trade on the second one from Dan. Yeah. Sorry, too much hashtag analysis that time. I'll shut up next time. <laughs> you know what, Travis? No, like it, we're just not used to actual analysis, and so Nathan gets angry whenever he hears it. So I continue. It. <laughs> we're honored to have it. Oh. Very good, be good analysis if I do say so myself. <laughs> I'll take it. Next one. All right. So How about that? The final trade of match that trade. The final match that trade will be another Superflex uh, league. Uh, Marcus Mariota and Charles D. Clay for Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Charles D. Clay? Is that what you just said? <laughs> Charles D. Clay. You're, 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 let me start over. Oh, I love this show already. <laughs> Marcus Mariota and Charles DeClay for Tyrod Taylor, Duke Johnson, Alshon Jeffries, 2019 first, and a 2019 fourth. And this, this is the also a super flex league. This is uh, also a super flex league. All right. Yes. Who, you want it okay, first? So it's, you want me to take it? Hmm. Um, well, it's it, first off, it's Marcus Mariota. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to be a snob about what, that. What, what did I say? <laughs> I mean, I, I also said Alshon Jeffries yeah, okay. on purpose. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just funny. Everyone says Marcus Mariota, and he's been in the league like four, like, you know, three or four years, and it's Mariota. That's okay. That's okay. But I think that that was Dan, unless you guys decided to just leave him out. Uh, and uh, I think that Dan was on the Mariota side. I you was on the Mariota side, but here's the kicker. There was another Tradecast host involved on this trade. Who mm-hmm. did I trade with? Oh, that's that's the hard part. Let's see. I, <laughs> now, now to remember which one said Tyrod was done. <laughs> that was me and you. <laughs> okay. Okay. You were the ones that said Tyrod's mm. done. So that's perfect. And okay. I didn't trade with you. I think, I think <laughs> because it was especially jumbled up with a pick mess and all sorts of garbage. <laughs> That that was Nathan. The pig mess gives it away. It, it, it was me. I, I had nothing to do with it. Dan just sent it to me, and I insta accepted. So, well, he just knows your brand of trade. So he's he like, oh, Alsh- yeah. Alshon oh. and picks. I mean, that was like, 
And I that would, that's that had to have been like sending him a, just a gold bar in the mail or something. <laughs> he, knew, he knew that 2019 fourth would get me going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's almost like a Yeti microphone again appeared on his doorstep and he had to take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Man. Uh, all right. Well, this show's going crazy long. Um, I want to thank Travis May for joining us on the show. Make sure you follow Travis on Twitter, on the Twitter machine. That's at FF underscore Travis M. Uh, you can find his writing on Dynasty League Football. You can find his podcast, I assume, where you can find all podcasts, Dynasty Life Podcast. Um, you can find him on the last word on Pro Football. Anything else you want to say on the way out, Travis? No, you covered it. That's all. Thanks all right. for having me. Appreciate Sweet. it. Um, and, uh, yeah, make sure you check them out, and then uh, make sure you rate and review the podcast. We love five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, so for Nathan, Dan, woohoo, he's back. Uh, Travis and myself, we'll catch up with you guys next week.